Stop acting the fool. You always. Yeah, this is the best part, bro. This is you the know best it. Part. You know what? Yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the incredible in the black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know that the revolution will not be televised. Be televised. I am your host. Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of the Roots crew. El Boogie, say what's up. Yes! Bro. I had to do it for you one time. Yes, indeed. And if you're catching this on YouTube, please make sure to give this a thumbs up and subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next great episode. And please make yeah. sure to follow us across all social media at In the Black PDCST. Now, we have a very big guest tonight, and I know I say that pretty much every week, but I mean tonight for real, for real, like seriously, we have a very big guest tonight. Uh, Actually, before we do all of that, man, how can folks become part of the family, L? I apologize. Hey, man, go to the In The Black Podcast website, man. Right-hand corner, become a member of the family tab, click that. In that particular website, which is dope, by the way, and if O had anything to do with it, I'm not complimenting him. I'm complimenting the design. Just to be clear, not him, the design family. Uh, but you can become a Patreon. You can buy the swag. Listen, man, the T-shirts are great quality. These are not dollar store, family dollar, dollar general type joints. These are good quality. They won't shrink. They won't stack. Okay? And if you want to, you can also... Just donate straight to the squad, brother. Dollar sign Elgin Bailey. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> that that's 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 not that's, that's not that's not it at all. Dollar that's sign not it at all. in the black. That's that's not it at all. CST, man. We take everything. Bitcoin, no coin, dollar bill, EBT, CBT, QBC, ESPN, <laughs> We got you, we got you, we got you. Send yes, that. so like so like I was saying before Elgin goes on a tangent again. We have a very special guest this afternoon kicking it with us man and i can't i'm extremely ecstatic uh former new york city middle school principal who knew that he had more to give his community started his pursuit to run for public office won his races and he is now headed to the halls of the united states congress to represent new york's 16th congressional district justice democrat newest member of the squad please help me welcome congressman-elect jamal bowman Congressman-elect Jamal Bowman, thank you, man. What's up? What's, What's up, good, bro? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Great to be here. Good, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Good. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. We know that you've got a lot of heads to wrangle and stuff like that. And it's your job going to get a lot more difficult after January 20th. In so January, we bro. thank you taking taking the time out, man. Now, we are very familiar with you. But please, for our audience, for our listeners, for our viewers, please tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Of course. Uh, so Jamal Bowman, a congressman-elect in New York's 16th district. So that includes the North Bronx and Lower Westchester County. Uh, so think uh, Co-op City, Baychester, Wakefield, Woodlawn, Riverdale, uh, as well as Yonkers, Mount Vernon, New Rochelle, all the way up to Hastings on the Hudson and over to Rye, New York. Uh, prior to running for office, I worked in education for 20 years, uh, started as an elementary school teacher in the South Bronx before becoming a dean of students at the High School for Arts and Technology in the MLK building. And for the last uh, 10 and a half years, I've served as a middle school principal uh, in the Northeast Bronx. I actually founded my own school of social action um, in 2009, and I served in that capacity before running for office. And born and raised in, in New York City, uh, Upper East Side, East Harlem section of, of Manhattan, uh, raised by my mom, single mom, along with my three sisters, and uh, ready to get to work, man. It's great to be here. No doubt. And you must be a Knicks fan, too, ain't you? <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, man. I, why we got to start off on the wrong foot, man? Sorry, sorry, bro, even I'm, the wrong I'm, foot. I'm, the, I'm the one, bro. I'm sorry. Right, <laughs> listen, listen. But here's the thing. I, I, I like the draft. You know, I think they had a pretty decent draft. Okay, uh, okay. So combine that with, with, with mm -hmm. Thibs as the coach and World Wide West as the president, you know, things might be looking up, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll get into the we'll get into that later, but you know you still got that same owner. So I want to make sure you remember that. He, he, he thought he could just slide under the radar with that. Oh, the draft was great, but uh so the first question I got on deck for you, man. Coming from where you came from, becoming a middle school principal, that in and of itself is, I think many people would say that, that that's sufficient enough to say that you're doing public service, that you're working for the community. That you're doing enough. Yeah. What, what made you take this step and say, I'm going to run for Congress or I'm going to run for public office? Yeah. So, um, you know, I finished my doctorate in education um, on January 31st, uh, 2019. Um, and I, I had this urge and, and, and bug, I guess, uh, to, to do more. I felt I had more to offer. Um, but the year prior to that, the 2017-2018 school year was probably the toughest year I've had as an educator. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've always approached education uh, not just as a job, but as like a calling and as like, a mission uh, to really uh, make transformative change in the lives of kids that have been historically oppressed. You know, my, my entire career, you know, I've worked in what we call Title I schools. These are schools that are underfunded and underserved. Uh, and I've served mostly uh, Black and Latino students. And despite their unlimited potential and capacity, the system continued to fail them with, with lack of opportunities. So during that year, 2017, 2018, 34 children died within the K-12 school system in the Bronx and mm. seven died via suicide. And one of the children who died by suicide uh, happened right across the highway from my school in Co-op City. It was a young girl who was bullied uh, in school and she went to the top of a building right after school and jumped off the building uh, and died by suicide. Jesus Christ. And, and right up the street, also in the district at New Rochelle High School, uh, two students, two girls got into an argument uh, during a lunch break. One pulls out a knife, stabs the other, and kills her. Now, during this year, we also had the Parkland shooting out in Florida. 
Yeah, we yeah. also had a young man named Junior jumped uh, by some gang members in the South Bronx and yeah, Beast. Yeah, yeah. So, so as an educator, man, you know we love our kids very deeply, and we love all kids deeply. So to see kids hurting this way, and our elected officials not making the connection between their trauma, poverty, and the bad policy that comes from Washington. Mm. It was kind of like enough for me. And I, I, I felt I was numb that year. Mm. Uh, and, and I just I just felt like I could do more and I, I had something to offer. So started exploring a run and, and people seemed to be really excited about it and supportive. We started, as you mentioned, with the endorsement of the Justice Democrats and we we won a historic victory. You know, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I know we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. I think it's it's interesting recognizing your background. I'm not going to lie to you, man. When I saw your story, your, your not just your story, but your speech after you beat uh, con former con Congressman Engel, I think I guess you could still say he's Congressman Engel at this point. Mm -hmm. It really moved me, uh, moved me to the point that it made me fearful. And I'll say fearful because I know that a lot of brothers, when they try to put in the work, they especially good work like this, they it's not only is it rough, but they find obstacles along the way. Yeah. Are you prepared for the obstacles that are going to jump ahead of you, man? Because it, it's 63, 63% of Republicans still believe that Biden had stole the election from Trump. And we've got folks in office that are aiding and abetting. There's going to be some obstacles. Are you ready for it? You know, it's a great question. Um, if you were to ask me, ask me this question in 2007 or six, I, I may, I may not be in this position that I'm in right now. Um, mm. Watching Obama do what he did, even though he was like the perfect black man, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of, I get it, I get it, I get it. But still, like at that time, in my in my consciousness. I still thought like if someone like like him runs for office and they have a shot, they may get assassinated. So mm. watching him created a paradigm shift for me. Like okay, maybe maybe you know maybe the the country and put that in quotes is a little bit is 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 ready for something different. But then fast forward to. Um, 2016 and, and, and Bernie Sanders run for president and right, right. him pointing out uh, economic inequality the, in the way in which he did, that was another sort of, uh, you know, changed my perspective a bit. Sure, sure. Then in 2018, uh, watching AOC win and her enter Congress with the other members of the squad, Ilhan, Rashida, and Ayanna, yeah. and watching them speak truth to power and challenge this system of white supremacy from the inside out with their very being mm. and their voice and their brilliance gave me the utmost confidence and strength and, and pathway that I needed to ultimately run for office. Mm. Um, now that I've won and I'm in the position I'm in right now, I don't feel alone. I feel like, you know, I'm entering with my brother Monday Jones, my sister Corey Bush, and then yes, the squad yes. is still there. So we are getting stronger, right? Um, so I'm not alone and I feel ready. Having said all of that, 
Day one of orientation, we had members of the Republican Party asking if they could bring guns into the Capitol and if they could keep guns in their offices. On the chamber floor or just in their offices? They, 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 we were in orientation together in the auditorium. They were asking to bring guns in the Capitol. I don't know if they wanted it on the chamber floor. I don't see why not. The, 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 the person's argument was, I take my gun everywhere. I want to bring it with me here. And then there was another, uh, we got to understand two Republicans who believe in the theory of QAnon won congressional seats. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. So they're not just there refusing to wear masks. They're pushing back against the medical professionals who are telling us what the latest is on COVID, how we need to conduct ourselves and how we need to communicate with our districts. So, I'm not scared, but that is scary, right? That, we, that this is in Congress with me. And my point is, if we don't, we, us three and everyone we know, continue to organize, strategize, and mobilize, there will be more of that in Congress. And let us not forget, 73 million people voted for Donald Trump. Yes, indeed. So we still got work to do. Still a lot of work to do. And I look forward to, to doing that work. And, and I think the thing for me, man, as a as a working class black man who is an organizer slash activist, all those components, one of my personal struggles is battling with hopelessness because of how overwhelming things may be as someone who works in the social work field and anger. How, as as a black man who comes from a working class background, how do you navigate and how do you battle dealing with the hopelessness and the anger, particularly as someone who was an educator who seen death in the capacity that you saw it? Yeah. How do you Very deal with question. that, bro? Yeah, and just to add to that, man, you know, I've had friends who were murdered growing up and mm -hmm. friends who committed suicide and family members who have been uh, addicted to drugs and incarcerated. So it's both personal and professional experiences, right? It's the mm -hmm. story of being a black man in America. In America. Mm -hmm. You know, what, 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 I, what I've tried to do is uh, one, be, be patient yet urgent, right? Mm, okay. So understanding that I can't solve, we can't solve every problem at one time. Yeah. We, we got to urgently work on them, but understand that it, it's going to take a little bit of time. You can't cure 401 years of oppression with one political cycle, right? Sure, that, sure, that, sure, that's one. Sure. Um, two, and in that vein, these two things, these things go hand in hand. Self-care is very important. Mm. So, so my diet, uh, how often I exercise or don't, um, spending time with friends and family and loved ones and my kids, um, being sure to unplug uh, at times, and and that's hard, but unplugging, and literally, and you, you, I know you, you all have done this, and I just met y'all. I can't watch every video of a black nope. man being killed. <laughs> we have that the conversation every single week. I, I, I can't watch it all, right? Because it 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 literally takes part of my soul away. Yeah. Um. And so so self care uh, is the critical piece. And then the last thing I'll say is the fact that someone like me is even in this position gives 
me so much hope and yeah. helps me to have so much faith in what's possible and the opportunities that are presented in front of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I could have been, there are people who go into teaching, they work 30 year careers, they retire and they do great service for the community. Yeah. I've always been the kind of person where like, I thought I can do, do a little more. So I try to do more. So when I decided to be a, a Dean of students, I did that. When I decided to be a principal, I opened up a school and decided to run for office and I did that, right? So now in my mind, I'm like, oh snap. When I really put my mind to something and surround myself with the right people, people. we could get things done. And if I could do that, other people could do that. Cause I don't I come from that. Ivy League or or wealth or uh, I'm not in a fraternity or anything like that. Nothing against any of those people. I'm a regular dude, man. You know, yeah. I I had C's in school, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying it because, like, I didn't take it seriously. You mm. know, but when I started, I was able to make transformative change in my life and the lives of others. And so, what I what I want to tell people is, look at look to my example and look to the, the examples of many others of people who you know, came out of nowhere and they're making transformative change. And right now we're in Congress right now. Make so there's a lot more we can do, you know, if we come together. No doubt. Now, there has been, and we've seen it during this last election cycle, there's been a huge push. I think there's always been a huge push or a push for a long time anyway, uh, to get, to cater to soccer moms in this country. Mm -hmm. And we, when we say soccer moms, we know, you know who, who the demographic about. is that we're talking sure. about. How come the demo, how come the democratic party, or why do you believe the democratic party or politicians in general haven't made such a larger effort to speak to the basketball dads and those working class men of color, black men specifically? They don't know how. Um, and I, and I think it's an example of us growing up in, segregated communities and neighborhoods and society, they don't know how to talk to black people. They don't know how to talk to certain demographics of black people and certain class of black people. And they also don't know how to listen to them and to us. They don't. So that's the key, right? Because we're talking about tens of millions of people in this country who have been historically neglected and disenfranchised and strategically marginalized mm. as a result of uh, political uh, national policy. So if we are going to pivot toward them, we have to go into their communities, we have to knock on those doors, and we have to, have to listen carefully. Because when you listen you, you, you help people to understand that what you what you are saying has value. I value what you're saying. And we need what you're saying to help us craft a policy that's going to transform your life and the life, lives of many others in this country. Mm -hmm. And the, the Democrats haven't done enough work in that area. And because they haven't done enough work, they've made themselves open and vulnerable to the Republican Party to fill in those gaps. Mm. And mm. when you see a rise in Blacks and Latinos voting for Trump, especially in places like New York City, mm. that is scary, right? It's scary because it's like, you know what? This system hasn't cared about me and don't care about me. And at least Trump wants to 
destroy the system in political correctness and get rid of the status quo. So I'm rocking with him. Mm. You're right. So what the Democrats have done a good job of is uh, speaking to and with college educated people overall, yep. but overall, particularly sure. college educated whites, you know, yep. i.e. soccer moms, right? Yep. But what we haven't done a good enough job of is speaking to and creating infrastructure for the non-college educated people of color, black people, Latino people in particular. And that's where we need to focus and that's where we need to target. Because yes, 85% of black people who vote, vote Democrat. That is not going to continue to be the case. Nope. And there are tens of millions who are still not voting. Yeah, so we have to grow the base. Yeah, in order yeah. to make sure no one like Trump ever gets into office again, and no QAnon people uh, continue to run and win uh, congressional seats. That can't happen. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that it's an issue with messaging? Because we see the debate going on now between the comments that uh, Abigail Fanberger made about uh, socialism and so on, and you know, the first we had, yeah, Fanberger. We had this. We had this conversation last week. Yeah. That for us, it's a mess. It's a matter of messaging. You can't just say that it's because they use the term socialism because we already knew they called Obama a socialist. Mm-hmm. So you already knew that this was part of their tool. You know, in their toolkit. So do you think that it's a matter of Democrats getting in, getting in line and focusing on the messaging and making a case for their viewpoints? Messaging is key relationships are are stronger. It's about transformative, deep, authentic relationships with historically oppressed communities, not transactional politics. The Democratic Party and other what they do, what we've done is it's all about transaction. You do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. Sure. That's unacceptable. It has to be deep, authentic relationships uh, with the communities that we are trying to reach. And yes, messaging is a part of that. Can you hold one second? Are we live? Yeah, we're live. We go live, ahead. Take, take your time, oh, man. Yeah, I want to pick one cool. thing. Hold on. <laughs> like how the congressman going to ask us <laughs> is it okay for him to go ahead and take a call? I was I was cool with it. I know you were going to be the, I, I, you were gonna be the gonna snob. Be like, no, bro. You can't go nowhere. <laughs> We're in the black. <laughs> listen, listen, we, 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 we in the black. We in the black. I want to make sure. I want to make sure my laptop wasn't plugged in. I didn't want to lose power. I got okay, power. No, no, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So, so okay. So we have a uh, we have somebody actually. We're saying that it's not about messaging. It's it's policy. They don't do anything for the people. I think that we have folks like AOC, Ilhan, Rashida, and. Um, Miss uh, Presley, that they've shown through getting reelected in the midst of all of this socialism talk and all this other nonsense that shows that they've done enough to get reelected. Now, I think it's a combination of the two messaging and policy and what you're going forward for. But can you tell the folks what are the initiatives that you're going to be fighting for once you reach the halls of Congress? So I agree. Messaging and policy is is incredibly key. And um you know, just real quick on Ayana and the squad. So Ayana introduced the People's Justice Guarantee, which pretty much is a restructuring of the entire criminal justice system. It's brilliant. Everyone uh, should check it, check it out. Um, 
uh, AOC introduced uh, the um, uh, the what, Green New Deal. No, not just the Green New Deal. That's one part of it, but uh, uh, omnibus bill called the Just okay. Society Act. Yeah, uh, which again looks at issues of economic inequality. Uh, Ilhan introduced the Homes Guarantee, which looks to invest invest a trillion dollars uh, to to homelessness. Uh, and build 10 million new social housing units over the next 10 years. Wow. And and um, Rashida Tlaib introduced the Boost Act, which also deals with issues of inequality, right? So they're doing the policy work and they're doing the messaging work because their work is rooted in love of their people, love of life, love of community, and they're building from there. Um, my, uh, my lane uh, is both education but it's also gonna be focused on reconstruction and reparations. Um, so from an education point of view, we need to reimagine uh, our public school system overall uh, from looking at it from the perspective of early childhood education, birth to age eight, project-based learning aligned to the needs of our communities, bringing back sports, the arts and music, and aligning uh, what could kids need to do to a Green New Deal economy. So more 21st century career and technical education. Uh, so it's a Green New Deal for public schools with all of those components involved. Reconstruction is about truth and reconciliation and reparations and articulating, wait a minute, the, the white middle class and white wealth was built in this country by the United States government sanctioning slavery, mm. but then sanctioning the giving of land to whites, both foreign and native born. So talking from, from the colonies, right? The head mm -hmm. right system. You come over here, we'll give you five to a hundred acres of land. We're talking the Homestead Act. We're not going to mm -hmm. give blacks 40 acres in a mule, yeah, but as yeah. we expand out west, yeah, you millions of acres. Everything. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. World War II uh, and the New Deal. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, Bill. Big Bill. We're gonna, we're gonna help you. We're gonna give you a really low interest rate and low cost homes where you could pay off your home Ooh. in ten years and stack the rest of the chips and send your families to college and all yeah, those things. Right? Yeah. So America's wealth and the white middle class was built on the backs of slavery and policies that gave land and wealth to white people. Yeah. So, while at the same time, uh, targeting black people for destruction, like mm -hmm. redlining, underfunded yeah. schools, yeah. crack yeah. cocaine, yeah, the war on uh, drugs, mass incarceration, right? They didn't give us jobs, they gave us cops. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. talk about reconstruction and reparations, Let's just be honest about what has happened historically and where we need to go going forward in terms of not just cash payments, but housing, land, higher education, uh, and the like. Um, so that's the conversation I want to uh, be a part of and, and begin to lead in Congress. Awesome. L, I know you got I know you got questions. Let's talk about criminal justice reform, bro. All across the country, we've seen all sorts of rebellions, what I would call rebellions, based off of criminal, heinous, evil acts by police officers. And one of the cries from many abolitionists and reformists to a degree have been what? Defunding no police. 
getting rid of that. Not getting rid of, we understand the funding. The messaging has been incredibly uncomfortable for many people. It's been one of those chief arguments that people are having, which I deem rather petty and deflecting of nature. Your thoughts on defunding? So 5% of police work is focused on violent crime, rape, murder, aggravated assault, etc. Sure. The other 95% deals with administrative work as well as responding to um, disputes that are mostly domestic and or deal with mental health. Yes. When we say defund the police, it's a reallocation of resources towards areas that deal with public safety and public health, mental health supports, food security, housing security, jobs, uh, non-emergency responses. That's yes. what we are talking about. Yes. Allocating our resources towards areas that truly uh, impact public safety and public health in a positive way. Um, and when we talk about how we recruit, retain, train our police, we have to do that completely differently hmm. because institutional racism lives within the system, right? So we need to raise standards for police. You know, five weeks of training after two years of college is not enough. We're, we need four years of college, ongoing higher education, and much longer training before you could even be given a gun. And that training must include uh, unconscious racism and explicit racism as well. And we need to recruit police who work, who live in the community in the and work in their community. Yeah. And, and this is all. And if a police, if an officer breaks the law, they need to be held accountable. We have no system of accountability whatsoever, which is why we want to end qualified immunity at the national level. Hmm. You know, and that's just policing. That's not even talking about uh, prosecutors, judges, and the mass incarceration system. Bail bond system and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. destroyed and rebuilt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if we look at, you know, things like legalizing marijuana um, and other things that people are locked up for, uh, if there was a program, a rehabilitation program that was in place that didn't put people in cages, uh, we, we can help people a lot more with education, with rehab, uh, drug rehab, with, with psychological supports, we could do so much more to truly help people uh, come back into society and be productive. Um, we need to end uh, um, solitary confinement. We need to end life sentences. We need to end the death penalty. Um, there's so much work to do there. And that's why I highlighted uh, Ayana's People's Justice Guarantee because it, it begins uh, to do that work. So, so defund is a rallying cry for activists uh, and protests. It begins a conversation about criminal justice reform overall. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and guess what? If you're in a, in a district where you're running for office and you don't agree with defund and, and there are people in your district who don't agree with that, then then explain that to the people in your district. Don't yeah. blame me. Yeah, don't blame other folks. Hundreds of miles away for you losing your race. That That's... Lazy and it's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, it's very disingenuous. All right, we're going to try and get you. I got a couple more questions, but we're going to try and get you right on this, man. Okay, I'll try to be quick. I'll try. To okay, be quick. okay. Now you did on you earlier. You talked about what seeing Obama 
did for you in terms of your desire to push forward and run into run for public office. With gentlemen like you claiming public seats, well, let me take a step back, matter of fact. For, as a New York native, I'm not from New York. I have family from New York. Everybody knows Dinkle, Mayor Dinkle, right? Dinklage. People couldn't tell you who their congressman was, but they could be able to tell you who the mayor was because of the impact that he had as the first black mayor in New York City. And still the first, the only black mayor of uh, since, since then, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think the elections of folks like yourself is going to do for the generation behind you? Man, it's already happening, you know. Um, I'm the first African-American to ever hold this seat um, in U.S. history. Uh, mm -hmm. My mayor and I are the first uh, African-Americans to represent Westchester County uh, in congressional history. Um, and I already see uh, Black men and men of color running for office, both at a city level, county level, state level, and federal level uh, in higher numbers uh, since mm -hmm. I decided to run, even school board, mm -hmm. right? People who, who didn't think about it, who saw my example and they're deciding to do it. So it's already happening, man. And it's only gonna grow exponentially. And, and not just me, again, it's it's others, it's the squad, it's all of us. Yeah. We, 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 we're regular people, we're working class people. And we, we try to do our best to represent the working class. So. It's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to explode, um, and I and and it's and it's exciting. And as long as it stays rooted in love, um, I like where it's going. Um, and we need love now more than anything else because of what Trump has awakened um, in 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 the American psyche and in and in the nation's behavior. We got a lot of work to do to overcome that. I know that's right. Uh, I want to ask you the most important question before we, yeah. we let you go. When you get sworn in, are you going to get sworn in to uh, protect your neck? You're going to have that playing in the background? <laughs> or Man, if you can guarantee you that for your boy. <laughs> my goodness. Because so, we know you're a big Wu-Tang fan. That's, Man, we've been debating. It, it be. It's had us debating back and forth about Wu-Tang stuff all day when we said we're going to have you on the show today. So please. Protect your neck probably will be perfect. Triumph also. I mean, obviously, okay. Triumph okay. Is, the, is the anthem as well. Yes, indeed. Um, I mean, you know what's so funny about that? You asked that question. It, it, it's, it almost still doesn't feel real. I mean, it feels real, but it's like, wow, like there, there's a swearing in. Yeah, and, man. and my mom, you know, God willing, will be there. And my Amen. sister will be there, right? And it, yeah. it's like... You know, after the primary, I felt like I won, but it wasn't official, official yet. Right, right, right. And then after the general, even leading up to the general, even though we didn't have a competition, really, right. um, I was still nervous. But then after the general, I'm like, okay, like... I'm in there. Like, <laughs> we in there right now, right? Yeah. And then last week, we had orientation, so I was like, this is my new job. I'm in there. I'm picking out all Wow. <laughs> Picking out offices, finding apartments, right? But the swearing in Ooh, that's, that's it. That's the final step. Listen, listen, listen. You, yeah, we gotta play trying. You you've got we're the trying, email. Please. I'm you've got the email. I'm right outside of Washington, DC. I know COVID is a thing, the cooties is still going around, but I I, I want to be invited to the parties. I need to I need to hear that. I need to I mean, no, no, we, we gotta I mean, we we got a vaccine coming early December, God willing. Um, I wish we had it 
more robust uh, at that time. But man, when we're able to celebrate, celebrate. Yeah, that's going to be the thing. But we got to do it, man. Real talk, real talk. If somebody had told you five years ago that this is where you'd be today, let's say your former self, your future self came back and said, yo, Jamal, this is where you're going to be five years years, ago. Would you have believed it? Yes. Five years ago. (laughs) You see how he's... Maybe not ten years ago. Maybe not six. Maybe <laughs> not six or five. Five, I felt something brewing. Like okay, okay. We, gotta, we we got to make a power move. I don't know what it's mm. going to be, right? But something is happening. Something got to happen. So five years ago, maybe, maybe not Congress, but something, something. right? Get it. But get before it. that, not really. I mean, I you know, I, I'm I'm. I'm I'm super blessed and lucky, man, you know, to like I said at the very beginning, I always felt like I could or I had something to offer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and it's just great to be able to to offer it. And now it's like now we now we in the building. So let's see what yeah. we can do with it. Let's yeah. shake it up. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Congressman elect Jamal Bowman yes, of New York's 16th congressional district. Please, we thank you. We thank you. We can't thank you enough, man. Please tell the good folks where they can find you if they'd like to find you or anything you've got coming going on outside of that. Of course. So, uh, you know, BowmanForCongress.com is the website. Uh, Jamal Bowman NY is the social media um, uh, social media uh, handle. But what I want everyone to focus on as well at this moment in this moment is we have two uh, Senate runoff races in Georgia. This is very, very important, right? Because if Democrats can win those two races in Georgia, um, we disempower Mitch McConnell. Right now, Mitch McConnell's in the Senate, and there's no policy he's going to allow to pass. Republicans have control of the Senate. But these two races in Georgia, uh, Christopher Warnock is one, and John Ossoff is the other. If we could go to gasenate.com and just support them in their races, um, you know, whether it's financially, phone banking, or otherwise, these are this is like the presidential race 2.0. Yeah. Because if Democrats get control of the Senate, we can yeah. expand the Supreme Court. We can we could uh pass the policies that we need to pass to respond to COVID and economic inequality and racism. We got to get Mitch McConnell out of there. And if we win these two seats in Georgia, that's going to be huge. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you, sir. We appreciate thank you sir. taking the time appreciate out. We can't you. say thank you enough, man. Be safe out there, okay? Peace and love, y'all. Great to be with y'all. Let's do it again. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Peace. All right. All right, man. Hey, listen, man. Elgin, before, don't, before, before we close out for, for the afternoon, for the evening, what are your thoughts on the conversation that we just had, man? I don't like politicians, bro. I know you don't. Man, I, listen, don't like them. Like, Jesus didn't like them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to put myself in a category with a higher power, bro, to make myself look good, you know, feel good. Always causing trouble. Go ahead, my but guy. But honestly, man, uh, like I do with all of our guests, man, I went nicely researched and checked out this brother, man. Uh, his story was powerful. Um, his love for community is powerful. His ability to speak truth to power uh, was powerful. He didn't 
use a bunch of fluffy, colorful language that was over folks' head. He was very relatable. And then the most important part for me was his policies. When I looked on his policies, man, when I see NCASH bail, in school to prison pipeline, when the man speaks about reparations, specifically for black folk, I I got a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for that brother and support for him in the future. Uh, Any money that comes in dollar sign in the black PDCST, gonna go go right to that, (laughs) right on that road. Yeah, man, like I was saying before, man, I mean, I saw his story earlier in the year when he was running for the primary man and him and Corey Bush that ran in Ferguson and won, they like, they moved me seeing where they came from, where they were pushing to and seeing them actually win their, their, their races gives, gives me some level of hope. Um, We talk about the progression, the militant progression of, of the black, of black policy. Right. And I think that they, in some level embody that. Now, I'm not naive to the fact that they're going to have to get into the halls of Congress and they're going to need to work with people in some capacity. But at least with these people, just given where they've come from and how they've fought and the things that they've been fighting for gives me some belief that it's not just going to be talk. It's going to be more than that. All right. We want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the In the Black podcast, man. But before we head out, L, tell these good folks where they can find you if they'd like to find you. Um, Twitter, man, at Elgin Bailey. I hang out on Facebook a little bit, but, you know, Zuck be tripping these days. So Yeah, yeah. I did a I did a a, a month and a half bid in that you did, face, you did, you did a bid. You did a little bid. Off, 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 some, off some foolishness. Off some foolishness. Cash, you know what's messed up, man? Folks, folks be coming for you on the internet and you tell them that you're going to meet them in the streets and Zuck got mad. So I was like, okay. <laughs> it's don't, a whole don't different... Don't bro. Yeah. I'm just... You know what? I'm going to just... I, from now on, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to send my goons like you after... Uh, <laughs> I am Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black. And once again, I want to thank the Congressman elect, forget all that, Congressman Jamal Bowman. It's already locked in. Congressman Jamal Bowman for joining us tonight. And I want to also thank, thank you, you for kicking it with us today. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick no, it with you us. No, you couldn't, bro. We... You could be on the couch, the basement, or the Listen, bed. I try the to be nice to people. You you, why, why do you always have to bro. sound, why do you to sour our listeners. Can they can we just show appreciation to them for chilling okay. with us? You could be anywhere. Anyway, man, you can follow us across social media at in the black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, informed, intelligent in the black. black. Peace. <laughs> This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. what up? I read a black coffee, Bretchen. Listen. In The Black Podcast, like y'all lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, the fault. Fact. In The Black Podcast, don't talk trash.
switch fast if you ain't wrong, yo. Wack it, intelligent elements always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate, this is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence, resting in my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up here, bro, man, a specialist. Know what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said, they my cheat, who don't read so effortless. I listen them, I learn, man, them listen them, I benefit. Reporting, current event, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, the scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with melanin, power that's so acetylene. Bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desolate. In the black podcast, that your land is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, they fucked up. Who knows you watch black up here, chat me, young flop. In the black podcast, that your land is all facts. You don't like that, the fuck back. In the black podcast, we all lost. The whole of them can't, none of them can't trust. Yes, it's like that, Yeah, man, I'm so glad you're coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ye